Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning. Another good morning to all of you out there on YouTube, Facebook, radio. We're all over the planet, and uh, this show is... Uh, I hate to brag, I just think we're unique. I think it's a special show. We tell it like it is. There's not a lot of shows out there, radio or otherwise, that really tell it like it is. Uh, we, uh, we don't have any kind of individual personal agenda. This is not an infomercial, although many of you know uh, that I am a car dealer. In fact, all of us in this room are affiliated with a, a commercial retail automobile dealership. And uh, it's just not an infomercial. It's a consumer advocacy show. And uh, we're pretty good at what we do, and I think we're entertaining. And uh, the Mystery Shopping Report is uh, just uh, uh, out of sight, exciting and informative, and uh, probably uh, the most important thing that we do in the show, because it's, it's real life. It's, it's about as real as you can get. We name names. We name dealerships, uh, salespeople, sales managers. Uh, we tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, car dealer does a good job. We put them on a recommended list. He does a bad job. We put him on the don't buy from this car dealer list. Uh, we've got uh, tips on just about everything. Well, the, the world is uh, chaotic today. I hate to use these uh, superlatives, but what else can you call it? Uh, President of the United States uh, has been tested positive. He has the COVID virus and uh, First Lady. And uh, what a shock to the world. What a shock to all of us. And uh, just like all the other millions of people that have been affected, uh, uh, we all hope and pray for his recovery. Uh, I think it's kind of sent a message to a lot of us uh, to, it, it's not over till it's over. The fat lady definitely has not sung yet. And uh, we have this COVID issue we have to contend with. So in this show, hopefully we can help you a little bit more on how to deal with uh, the issues we have. Um, the uh, blog that I did uh, in the Florida Weekly, this, I'll hold it up for you. It's uh, how to uh, take care of your car service, maintain your car in, in view of the COVID situation. Some tips, largely, I credit it to Rick Kearney, who was sitting on my right, because we get more calls on the show now than we ever have about, what do I do? I, you know, I, I don't want to come into the service department uh, unless I have to. Uh, I don't want to venture out. We have a lot of people that are uh, 55, 65, 75, and older. And uh, they just don't want to go into a place where a bunch of people are. Some of them were in mask, maybe, and some of them not. So, but they don't want their car to break because they got to have their car. They're not going to take a bus. They're not going to take a train or airplane. The airline industry is crashing, looking for federal aid. So you got to have your car. Your car has always been very, very important. And now it's become a vital necessity, and you don't want it to break. So any questions you have, I urge you to go to EarlOnCars.com. Uh, you can read it there. You can buy a Florida, you know, 
Florida Weeklies are free. You don't have to buy it. Look at the Florida Weekly. Uh, or you can call Rick Kearney, uh, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. A quick interruption. Yes. Uh, Howard, give us a call back. Uh, I just couldn't get to you quick enough. Howard was calling from Jupiter. Yeah, by all means, Howard. You're one of our favorite callers. If you'll call back now, Nancy will flag me, and we'll put you right on the air. We love our callers, and uh, we love our texters, 772-497-6530. Please text us at 772-497-6530. And, of course, youranonymousfeedback.com, a, a unique way. I don't know anyone that does this. I don't talk shows. Uh, nobody does this. An anonymous line on a website, and you go to www.youranonymousfeedback, just the way it sounds, .com, and you go online and you can ask us from that website, tell us, ask us, beg us, uh, scold us, uh, shame us. We don't care. Well, we do care. We'd like to have the praise, but we get all sorts of uh, comments, and we accept them gladly because we know that you are not afraid to speak out, and it's not a thing that you could ever be retaliated against. It's anonymous. We get a lot of uh, a lot of those. In fact, a lot of them are just uh, very constructive uh, comments that, for whatever reason, you just I don't want to be annoyed. I don't want you to have my email address. I don't want you to have my phone phone number. Your anonymousfeedback.com. So, has Howard called back yet? He has not. Well, Howard, please call back. Uh, let me uh, introduce Nancy Stewart sitting to my left. Uh, she's my co-host, as most of you know. My wife, as most of you know. She was with me many, many years ago. We're, we're coming up on two decades. I, I'm hung up on 17 years. I bet we're probably getting close to 20 years that we started this show with a half an hour on a radio station called Seaview Radio. Uh, they're no longer in business. And uh, this station came along, and we got on this station, and we evolved from a 30-minute show to a two-hour show. And we're kind of like in prime time now. We have a large audience, and then the Internet happened, and here we are all over the globe. So Nancy Stewart has got some special reasons to talk to you, especially to the women. Yes, two decades. That sounds scary. scary. I'd rather use 17 years. Anyway, real quick, because we do have a caller. Ladies, give me a call. Please, 877-960-9960. You know, I tell you every week, you are an important part of the show. I got $50 for you. First two new lady callers, $50, 877-960-9960. Now we're going to go straight to Steve. And remember, Howard, we want to speak with you. So uh, good morning, Steve, from New Jersey. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a long-time listener. I most often text, and once or twice I've called. But uh, I just wanted to call back this morning to reiterate uh, some advice that Earl's given many times about uh, buying a car. A car. Um, I bought my car while it was delivered in, in June of this year, and I did extensive test drives on a number of cars. Um, this particular car I bought was a Volvo, but I, I had about a 150-mile test drive before I, I I purchased, I ordered it new. And uh, one of the things Earl's always said is make sure you, you test drive the car before you buy it. It sounds like that would be an obvious thing to do, but I think many people don't. Or if they do test drive, it's it's a relatively short test drive. And in my case, uh, I knew I wanted to use this car for uh, long-distance driving. And 
my test drives that I had with various cars uh, proved that, like the visibility uh, of some of the cars wasn't great, uh, and also the uh, seat comfort wasn't great for long distances. And thank goodness I did, you know, take that advice and and um, and and go on some extended test drives because uh, the car I did buy, I've used now for uh, three. Um, five-hour-plus trips to New England with my wife, who has serious back condition, and she used to have to use an orthopedic um, cushion to help with the pain. And with this car now, uh, on our various long drives, she's never once been in any pain. (laughs) And matter of fact, when we arrive at a destination, which is my son's house, five hours later, uh, she can feel free to walk around pain-free. And um, that wasn't true of all the cars we test drove. So I'm just calling up to just say, you know, unless you're going to buy a new car for uh, going to the local supermarket and back, and that's about it, um, you definitely need to test drive a car for a long distance. In my case, it's about 150 miles I test drove it overnight. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness I did. Thank you very much. I I appreciate that. It's uh, probably the most... I won't say the most, but in the top five of the most common uh, comments I hear from my callers, my texters, uh, I'm out in the public, and so a lot of people call me, and it's usually with uh, after-the-fact uh, problems. Typically a lease. You know, I, uh, I had a gentleman call me two days ago. He leased a Volkswagen, and uh, he'd had it for about six months, and he hates it, and he's got a 36-month lease, and he's trapped, and he wants to buy a different make car, uh, the particular car, Volkswagen's a great car, but for him, for whatever reasons, he just hates the car. So thanks very much for reinforcing something very important, and uh, you always, always test drive a car before you buy it. And dr- test drive it extensively. Steve, you said you do- drove yours about 100 miles. That's great. Uh, and uh, you should get a dealer that'll yeah. cooperate with you, uh, that allow you to have the car for the amount of time and miles that you feel comfortable about making that big, big decision. Yeah, I would also add that um, people shouldn't be fooled by the price of a car uh, in terms of especially the, the comfort of the seats. Um, seat comfort is really a personal thing. And yeah. um, what I found in my, my test drives is that uh, even many of the more expensive cars, and my car is reasonably expensive, but many of the ex- expensive cars, the seat comfort was no different than the less expensive cars. It's all about seat design. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why really people need to... If you're going to spend any length of time in the car at all, you really should test drive it. For uh, I asked for overnight test drives in all the cars I was looking at, and luckily I was able yeah. to do that. But well, you're an educated it, consumer. The of money, with, with the amount of money that it costs, it, it seems silly not to do that, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But, well, you uh, got well, a lot of people's attention. Are, I'm glad you guys are doing well health-wise and uh, continue all the good work you're doing and, and practicing all the safe protocols. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Uh, call again. Thank you very much for the yeah. call. Boy, what a great call. You're uh, how many times have we heard that complaint? Yeah. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, Steve, we appreciate you. And everyone else that's listening, so give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. You're an important part of the show. You're a little shy? Give us a text, 772-497-6530. Don't forget, www youranonymousfeedback.com Well, let's, uh, Stu, let's uh, talk to you and tell us what's on your mind. Stu is a general manager of our dealership 
And the nice thing about that is that he is a day-to-day -day guy. He sees exactly what's going on. And uh, you know, one of the amazing things, and I'll just throw the ball over in your court, you do with it what you will, business is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a huge demand for automobiles, and people are buying automobiles faster at a faster pace, at least in our market here, uh, than I've ever seen. I don't understand it. No, I don't either. Um, I, I kind of understand it, but yeah, we, you know, we we have all sorts of theories, and uh, but I keep waiting for the other uh, other uh, foot to fall or the sh other shoe to drop because, you know, when this first when we were first figuring all this out back in in March and April, you know, we had uh, you know predictions of, of doom. I mean, I don't know if you mentioned this on the show, but we are actually running stress tests on the dealership, yes. uh, running models like financial models. Yeah, we figured we could last a year at the most. Yeah, yeah. with zero sales with and zero, and, sales, and zero yeah. service business. And uh, fortunately, um, we had some uh, assistance from the federal government. Uh, fortunately, we had a resilient team. And fortunately, I mean, just to pat ourselves on the back, I think we manage a crisis pretty well. Um, it's kind of insane um, the, the number of, of pretty nothing compared to the coronavirus pandemic, but the crises that you know we've been through in this business from tsunamis d disrupting uh, you know production lines in, in Japan to uh, the Great Recession, and so we thought this was the big one, and we by May we were climbing out of it, and then the summer months June, July, August last month um, were record-breaking months. Um, I mean, we are doing relatively better than a lot of dealers are, but overall the business is is booming, and we're still kind of scratching our heads on you know what that phenomenon is all you know what that's all about. You know, we're not looking to give a horse in the mouth if we're fortunate, um, because you know it's not the same case with a lot of businesses. I think a, a big people. a big thing is the car, as I said when I, at the beginning, it is now an absolute. It's always been a necessity. It's even more a necessity now. Yeah. You know, when you take away. Most of the other areas of transportation, uh, you're, who's going to uh, Uber, Lyft, trains, planes, and automobiles? The only automobile you're going to get in is your automobile. Right. You don't want a taxi cab driver, no. and you want a car that you know has been disinfected, is safe, and you and your wife and your kids are in the car. Yeah. It's like a capsule. You're in a little bubble. I don't want to breathe anybody else's air. You're a safe bubble. So it's it's become. People are just obsessed now with having uh, yeah. an automobile I th I th they can feel good about. I think yeah. that they're so scared that it ha it is definitely driving, you know, car sales. And I I really mean that scared. Uh, twenty twenty. What else can we take? Yeah. So we're just looking at it's it's we're we're forecasting. Toyota's forecasting. All the manufacturers are forecasting a very strong rest of the year, even as we're looking at. Um, apparently an inability to get the pandemic under control it's not going in the right direction and so I like I said I'm still cautious I'm naturally a skeptic and a, and a worry wart and so I'm waiting for the bad news to come but it hasn't come yet so that's good in the meantime um, it's nice to have a, a forum like this we can kind of talk about it and, and and we've got a lot of great opinions from our listeners um, you know some of our, our thoughts on why people are kind of gravitating to, to vehicle buying cars now came from our listeners and so we thank everybody for that and then this week um, on our mystery shopping report I just can't tell you how how cool it is to have two um, really uh, good mystery shoppers to choose from because it keeps opening up new scenarios I'm, I'm not gonna I mean I like doing the mystery shopping report but sometimes we get into these ruts and it's it's kind of like all right not again you know what's 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 the angle on this one and we just it's it's all new again <laughs> so with can, Asian can I lightning. correct myself yeah uh, all you YouTube and you Facebook people out there, I held up the wrong prop. This is a different blog. This is about leasing. 
the one that we were, I, I thought I was talking about because I didn't look at it when I held it up, is minimize the risk of servicing your car during a pandemic. That's at EarlOnCars.com. Uh, the previous one was an earlier week. Uh, important on, on leasing, but this is on servicing. And Rick Kearney, should, he wrote this because I just listened to him, and I, what you see is what Rick wrote. And uh, it's uh, ways that you can avoid having to come into a car dealership, sometimes fix your own problems, sometimes not worry about them as much as you would. But it's a very important blog. Please take a look at it. Sorry, Stu, but I had to... Oh, that's okay. Fact-checking in real time, that's important. That's what you get here on Earl Stewart on Cars. No, I was just saying it's, it's kind of nice having um, Agent Lightning, who is our newest. She's been doing mystery shops for about a month uh, for us now. <laughs> and uh, it, it just opens up a whole lot of opportunities to go into the dealerships. Uh, namely, uh, this week, you know, we, we went to the same dealership back-to-back, and we can do that because we have two qualified investigators and go in there. They won't be recognized. So it's, uh, yeah. it's good for follow-up. We always say that. Uh, we might uh, have a, a bad experience at a car dealership. So we'll, let's give them a chance. We'll send somebody back in the future, and we'll see if they, they clean up their act or you know, fix the problem. Uh, we can do this immediately now, which is great. Good. We got any text or anything backing up over there? Yeah, let's, let's start with one from Anne-Marie. Uh, she's, uh, she had one waiting for us when, when we got to the studio. Uh, Anne-Marie says, good morning. Uh, what's with some Toyota hubcaps? Mine are okay, but I have a friend who's gone through several sets of hubcaps because they keep breaking. She's frustrated and has now given up replacing, replacing them. Her vehicle only has two hubcaps now. What can be done to retain uh, hubcaps? Zip ties? Um, she's right. I mean, they're made out of plastic. Um, they come off. Uh, I mean, I've seen some that are great and some that are just peeling, banged up. The clips come off, and Rick's probably got more expensive with that. I can't which, tell mo- you. which models uh, are, I, I agree with what you said. They're less common now. It yeah. used to be, you know, to get, you had to get alloy wheels to get not get the hubcaps, and that was a you know, special upgrade. And a lot of the cars come standard with it now, but there's still some. Um, I think the Prius still has um, plastic wheel um, are they still Are they still crappy? Yeah, yeah pretty much. They're, uh, they're plastic, yeah. <laughs> the good news is, the good news is, and I just know this from in used cars, you can get a, a, you can re- a replacement one for you know, 25 30 bucks on Amazon. And it, so that's the trade-off. I, mean, I remember back in the old days, you'd come home in this big old Bonneville, Pontiac Bonneville, and you probably had these chrome hub caps on it. I imagine if those got dented, it would be pretty expensive to replace. And, uh, and the, so the trade-off here, you get crappy hub caps, but you can replace them fairly cheaply. And yeah. the labor to put them on is nothing. You just snap them on. So. Yeah. That's an interesting topic, uh, hub caps. I remember back in the old days, Rick, do you recall the location? You could go over and buy any type of hub cap. I spent many a day over there. I think it was on Okeechobee Boulevard. There was one on Okeechobee, and there was also one on, down on Military. Yeah. yeah. There was a bright pink building. And they're yeah, all on display. Exactly. In uh, a hubcap yeah. warehouse or something like that. I always wonder were, about their source of supply. Uh, uh, there were <laughs> hubcaps from everywhere. It Col- was just uh, so exciting. all over town. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have any uh, Buick hubcaps tonight, but come back tomorrow. I think no, a no, shipment's coming in. Inventory yeah. changes I'll, daily. We'll call our supplier. Just a little walk down memory lane. Uh, I'm going to interrupt Stu, and we're going to go to Loxahatchee where Mike is waiting. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. You're quite welcome. First-time caller. Fantastic. If you were female, you'd get uh, 50 bucks, but unfortunately, you sound like a male. (laughs) I 
This morning I woke up and I identified the female dog. <laughs> Be careful. We can make a mistake pretty easily. <laughs> I, I, I do have a, uh, a question about uh, my car and uh, check engine light. Sure. Okay. Love to hear it. So I've got a 2012 Mercury Mariner, and I went and I got a, um, um, a scan for... Uh, uh, um, from AutoZone yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was told it's not really a big deal, and I've got the code, and I was told that I need to replace my EVAP. It's like a $25 part. Um, I don't know uh, how involved that is, but the AutoZone uh, gentleman told me that I should first uh, disconnect my battery and try first a fuel injector cleaner, and I know you guys believe that's really just snake oil. So I'm looking for some advice. And the error code is P0455 and P0457. All right. Okay. Uh, The 457 one, I may have to look up because I don't usually see that on Toyotas. However, the 455 is extremely common. That's what's called a gross leak. And the number one thing that causes that is your gas cap. And so I would start with replacing the just the gas cap itself. Or maybe just tightening it first. Yeah, make sure it tightens. Make sure that it feels like it's clicking in properly. Yeah, 457 is just another leak code. Um, quite yeah, often... I, I can't do the gas because I've got one of those um, uh, fuel fills that has the, uh, the metal uh, spring. There's no gas cap. Hmm. Boy, I, I never heard you, of a car without you, you a gas cap. You know what I'm cap. talking about? So, so, you, so you open it up, there's no gas cap, and there's like a, a, a metal door. So when you put the, uh, the pump in, it pushes through the metal door. And I went and I cleaned it and, uh, you know, hmm. tried to activate the spring and, and move anything out of it. So I do not have a gas cap. Mercury Mariner. Not, not on that yeah. Interesting. That's, that's yeah. a new one on me. I've Of course, you know, I don't work on Mercury's very much at all, so... I have never, I've seen aftermarket fuel caps that had that little flapper on them. And believe it or not, most of those never seal tight enough. So we wind up having to replace them when it causes a check engine light. But if that's the way it was designed, um, you may have to go in and talk to Mercury about that to find out what's going on. Let let me interrupt here. What, What would happen if he totally ignored that? And I know we haven't talked about 457 yet, but... What would happen if he just uh, totally ignored that? Other Nothing. Than the, yeah. So the the thing to keep in mind uh, is that uh, some of these uh, flashing lights, check engine lights, are are purely about emissions. And uh, and as long as you're not concerned about our green planet uh, and what your car is doing to make it not green, it's not going to hurt your car at all. Well, it's it's a it's going to be yeah. a very minor addition to any problems yeah. like that. But yeah. Um, as long as the car is running normally, then and it's just an emissions code, I would ignore it and just you know every couple of weeks or every couple of months recheck the code to see if any other new codes have come up. Um, but basically, what you can do by yourself is look under the hood and see if there's any vacuum lines that may have become disconnected, because a, a disconnected EVAP line could also cause that code to come up. Anything that, that basically the system can't seal itself. And there's a lot of different things that can make that happen. Anything from a bad 
fuel tank itself, the charcoal canister, or one of the vacuum switching valves, or like I say, one of those hoses. Um, you'd really want to have a mechanic take a look at it if it starts to concern you. Otherwise, I would just ignore it. How uh, how involved uh, replacing that? How involved is uh, to replace that twenty five dollar evap valve? I haven't uh, investigated it yet, but um, evap valve. Uh, Usually, that's up on the engine, and you're going to see a hose come up to it, and another hose go from it into the engine. And what that does is it simply gives it a chance that when the fumes have built up the engine can turn on that valve to draw it into the engine and, and burn it. Um, it's maybe one bolt and an electrical connector and two hoses, and it's, it's done. Yeah, but you've been a mechanic for 40 years. I'm uh, exaggerating slightly. Yeah. Uh, 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 what would it cost him to have that done if he took it in somewhere? Probably an hour's labor. Okay, you're talking 125, 150 bucks. Uh, I, I try to negotiate that down. Uh, and I think you probably could just say, I've diagnosed this, I know what I want you to do, and, I, and then you keep your fingers crossed, I hope I'm right, and how, if you do this for me, I'm not asking you to say it's going to fix it, how much will you charge me? Because uh, otherwise, an hour's labor sounds cheap, but it's not cheap anymore. It's at least 125 bucks. Sounds great, gentlemen. Love the show, and always appreciate the advice. Well, thank you very much for the call, and uh, good luck. Call us back and tell, tell us how it worked out. Love to hear from you next week. Yeah, definitely. 877-960-9960. Yep. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. We have got a great show this morning. And uh, you're a big part of it, so we'd love to hear from you. we got a great mystery shopping report coming up. You're going to love it. And uh, the mystery shop is from Wallace Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, and this is part two. So we're going to go back to Stu and check on some texts. Okay. Uh, Jonathan in Wellington has a non-car-related question. He wants to know, um, is Stu Stewart my real name? It's an odd question, but I've always been curious. I'll let Earl explain that one. <laughs> he named me Earl, so uh, I took on a nickname. So I'm Earl the Third. That guy is Earl Jr., and my granddad was was Earl Senior. Yeah. And uh, so I'm the third Earl around here. <laughs> yeah, it started, it started out as uh, we called him Tui Bird because uh, he was so cute. You know, he was like one or two years old, and he was really cute. I don't know what happened to him, but he was really cute. Trust me. Yeah. And uh, so his mom and I used to call him. Tui bird, like uh, Stewie, and then we would do the baby talk. Tui, Tui bird, and uh, and then it evolved. He got, you know, when he would graduated from college, he says, "Dad, do me a favor, quit calling me Tui bird." And I, yeah. I'm only kidding. We stopped doing that a long time ago. So now he's just Stu. Yeah, he put that on my business yeah. card when I came hey, to work for him. Hey, don't mess with his cuteness, Daddy. He's got two teenagers in the house now. One's gone to college, and he's got two teenage. Women. <laughs> yeah, I guess when your last name's Stuart, you can't avoid it. I think they called you Stu or Stewie when you were a kid. My son, who's not an Earl, he's, his name's Jake. His friends call him Stewie just because the last oh, name. Really? So, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So that's a thing, I guess, yeah. Okay, folks, we got John from Palm City. He's a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I want to talk about an accessory. For some reason, dealers, maybe they don't make enough money on it or whatever, 
they don't seem to offer it on new cars. And the item is wheel locks. It's a very important item. Anybody can put it in themselves. And uh, the reason for it is there's a big surge in stolen cars and accessories uh, in New York City alone. The stolen cars, it's down like se- up 70%. And what I want to ask Rick, uh, the wheel locks, what is his opinion about them? And if Rick would get a car in to be serviced and they don't have the uh, lock on the for the wheel, does Rick have a way that he can remove it without having the uh, accessibility to the locks? Uh, personally, as a mechanic, I don't really care a lot for wheel locks because they take extra time to mess with. But I understand the need for them, and they are very important so someone doesn't come and steal your wheels, which we actually had a big run of that in the Palm Beach Gardens in North Palm Beach area. Uh, just a person would come out, and their car is literally sitting on the ground with no wheels left on yeah. it. And if they are factory lug, uh, factory locking lugs, the ones that are made for Toyota by McGuard, or we do make. have a set of master keys that we can take those off. However, if they're an aftermarket set and you lose the key to them, well, it can get expensive because we actually have to use special sockets. And if those don't work, hammer and chisel. Yeah, John, my, my feeling uh, is that they are more trouble than they're worth. And of all the complaints I've heard over the many, many years I've been in this business, is uh, one of my technicians or another technician at another dealership uh, not being careful and uh, and screwing up the wheels because of the wheel locks, or they can't get it off, or uh, charge them, charge the customer extra because he lost the key. I mean, a constant source of complaints about wheel locks. Uh, I would think, and what I would do is I would uh, I would Google and go to Amazon, and all that, and find some way <clears throat> to have a theft deterrent on wheels that does not involve locking the wheels on there. Uh, I, I think uh, some of your conventional uh, thefts, auto theft deterrents, uh, would go off when you start messing them with the guy's wheels. Does anyone know about that? Uh, some of those alarms do have a sensitive enough shock sensor to, to detect that. But if you're jacking up a car, the, the alarm's going to go yeah. off, right? Not not if you're going nice and slow and smooth and you take it up real easy and oh, only really? a few inches. Okay. I I guarantee you that on your Lexus with all its security. I could take the wheels off without setting off your alarm. Yeah, my owl cam would show you uh, working around my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got That's the right. cam, it goes well, on. You're going to jail, Rick. You yeah, know, but you'd show a guy wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but it would also alert me in my iPhone, yeah. and I would call the police, and you'd be in jail. He, Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. He'll run out with his... Uh, anyway, we digress. John... <laughs> uh, uh, the reason I brought it up, it was an article in the New York Post. It was a Saturday afternoon, like 2.30... And the woman just had a brand-new Honda. And in the streets of Brooklyn, a good area, I think Red Hook, she came out and her floor, and believe it or not, but it was up on jacks. Now, it makes you wonder why nobody called uh, to the police. Uh, maybe they don't respond. Then. Yeah. And, uh, and the second thing uh, Rick mentioned, uh, I remember in the 90s, uh, I met a guy who worked for Wackenhut Security. And one of their biggest jobs was at night to watch, I think then it was called Schooly Cadillac, 45th 
yeah. in 95, yeah. Yeah. and they had a major problem with people coming up from Miami and uh, south and stealing the wheels on the uh, brand-new cars, yeah. wheels and tires, and that's accessible, you know, from 95, and that's before AutoNation owned the dealership. But yeah. it's an interesting thing. He said what we did for a while is we put an unmarked unit on in the area, and <clears throat> it was even more effective for some reason. He said <clears throat> what they did discover was they found a employee of the dealership, which was trusted with the keys to the um, gas uh, tanks for new cars, and they found him coming late at night <clears throat> and stealing the gas and filling up gas cans. So one never knows what they can find, and it just shows you, you know, risk involved and expenses in running car dealerships with this weather we've been having lately. <clears throat> On Route 1, I saw a used car dealership. Uh, half of the cars were pretty well flooded, not up to the uh, doors, but it makes a dealer kind of frightened, and especially in Florida, South Florida with the hurricanes, and it's just an increase in cost and insurance of a new car or used car dealer doing business. Yeah, you're right, John. Well, thank you very much. That uh, wheel lock thing is uh, certainly a problem. I, uh, you know, some of us differ on that. I think uh, uh, factory wheel locks are probably the way to go. If you do the aftermarket, I'd be worried about somebody tearing my wheels up, costing me a lot of money, but uh, it will stop the theft. I, I think about getting the uh, th the thief angered. You know, sometimes uh, even though they can't get it off, they get angry and they start tearing up your wheels. And then you come back, they didn't steal your wheels, but they ruined them. And then you got to buy a set of new wheels yourself. So Not to mention if they bash out your windows or something like that, just yeah. in a beat of anger. Yeah. So exactly. Anyway, I agree. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. You're, you're our most loyal listener. I, I think you, you probably started with us back in the day, right? Yes. Uh, half an hour. Oh, <laughs> yes. I could remember CV Radio. Yeah. Half hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, well, you you guys have a good day. You Thanks, too. John. Stay safe. Be well. Bye bye. Stay safe. Give us a call. You're a big part of the show. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Every week we mention Attorney General Ashley Moody, and uh, we we want to expose these uh, dealers that are really taking advantage of the consumer. Believe me, there's a lot of good dealers out there and there's well too many bad dealers so uh give her a call and uh you know encourage her to help us we can't do it alone and her number is 850-414-3300 ashley moody the attorney general she's there to protect us true all right we got some anonymous feedback i'll jump over there uh hi earl love the show dealership demo cars do dealerships get these free or at discount from the manufacturer? I'm looking at one that has 2,000 miles on it. It's a 2021, but it's only being discounted 1,500 bucks. It's got a $50,000 MSRP. How much should I try to uh, and haggle off these types of cars? Uh, we're always told the car depreciates so much, so as soon as the new car leaves the lot, uh, why wouldn't this apply to demo cars? Before uh, you get yeah. to that, Mark is back. Mark, good morning. Thank you for calling back. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I, I've already been stumped twice by I had uh, questions written down and 
They've already been asked, but here I would give it a try. So, first off, I was a little depressed that uh, this morning I'm not a female. I sure could use a 50 bucks mm-hmm. to be a first-time <laughs> caller. Anyway, the other thing was that uh, one of your callers already mentioned or Earl uh, spoke on was I thought that the car sales were going to be down, and um, I was getting ready to call in. I heard Stewie talk about uh, how the marketplace is booming. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought about that. But anyway, um, with uh, all the uh, different make and models of cars, are there any dealers that, because of the COVID situation, um, are suffering from sales? Um, my original question was, is any uh, manufacturer, you know, in question of going out of business because of a low car sales? So I guess uh, that. Not really, Mark, not really at all. Uh, the, uh, there are a few dealers that are in really high-density COVID pockets uh, where uh, intense. And, uh, and then you see, a, 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 but that's an anomaly. Yeah. You see a big market, and you'll have an area where you know for whatever reason you have a lot of COVID, and then that affects employees yeah. and, uh, and customers. But it's a it's it's a uh, not very normal at all. Manufacturers, all the manufacturers, probably are uh, thriving. Uh, in other words, there there are a lot of automobile manufacturers that are shaky. Uh, Nissan is one of them. Uh, Ford is one of them. Uh, even, uh, yeah. even yeah. And and so the the, the demand is actually helping. Uh, COVID, you know, counterintuitively, is actually helping the manufacturers. Uh, prolong their existence we're moving to an all-electric vehicle market and uh and there are a lot of them aren't going to make it and there'll be of, of all the manufacturers you see today uh i think there'll be half that amount 10 years from now and, uh, and counterintuitively as i say the covid thing's actually letting them survive a little longer right and one last thing is i've got an apology to the audience and to earl uh, months ago, when the COVID thing first started, and um, you were really pushing the issue on masks, I believe I had sent in a text to uh, uh, Stu where uh, I was questioning the effectiveness of the mask, and I thought that it was really kind of a, uh, a thing that really, uh, you know, wasn't a big deal and that I didn't believe in it. And you had commented on my uh, statement, you know, and it sounded like you were a little perturbed that, you know, uh, that you're, you're pushing it was uh, kind of useless. But uh, with all being said now and with all that's going on, I apologize. I was a little ignorant of the situation. And I obviously do now, nothing to do with the president, but for several months now I've uh, changed my feelings on masks and um you know uh, you guys push it enough but also to say to the audience you know here's a guy out here that uh, didn't believe in it that now um it was a mistake and i'm damn lucky that uh, i didn't get covid um but i do uh, with my medical situation i don't get out much but when i do get out i definitely wear my mask and to uh, you know uh, let the uh you know, the listeners know that you are right. 
I'll tell you, it takes a big, it takes a big man to admit he's wrong, and uh, I salute you for that. It's not easy. I, uh, a lot of us, including me, you know, we take a stand on something, and then it takes forever uh, to drag out uh, the fact that we made a mistake. But uh, I, I really respect you coming on the air and saying that, Mark. It's uh, a you're not alone. I mean, uh, a very large percent of the population uh, felt the same way you do, and. Hopefully now things are going to be, uh, you know, people like you will will see that uh, how important the mask, probably the single most important thing you can do is wear that mask. And, you know, one last funny thing before I go is, uh, you know, before COVID, uh, I, don't, I can't remember when the last time I really washed my hands. <laughs> you know what, right now, even being home, I guarantee you, I wash my hands a minimum 12 times a day. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, it just really is. So, Buy anyway, a nice hand cream. Thanks. Yeah, Get yeah, exactly. Now my, now my hands are getting scaly because of dryness. Hmm. But uh, anyway, you guys have a wonderful day and allowing me for, to come on and voice my opinion. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the encouragement on the mask. Uh, I remember uh, there was a day so long ago that Earl would tease me about washing my hands. And he said, you know, he had never met anyone who washed their hands as often as I did. And now, by uh, things have changed, huh? Washing your hands can save your life the same as wearing the mask. It can save someone else's life and yours. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And Howard uh, from Jupiter is right back here and wants to speak to us. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. How are you all feeling this morning? Everything We're great, okay? Howard. That's great. Okay. Uh, I have a question about the brakes. Um, uh, can I address this uh, question to Rick? Yeah. He's listening. Okay. Uh, okay. And I have a 2017 uh, Camry. Do I have on my brake pads uh, uh, something that will alert me to the uh, brakes when they uh, when they get worn down to a certain degree, like a, a no certain noise that the, the the rotor makes? They squeal like mice. They do. Oh. <laughs> there there's little clips on each of the pads that has a little piece of metal that pokes out, and when that starts to rub on the rotor, when the pad gets super thin. It'll start making a squealing sound. Is there any visual warning or indica indicator, gauge, light, anything? There's there's no visual warnings, but just that that little metal that, when it starts rubbing on the rotor, it'll make a nice loud squealing noise. And hopefully, you're not hard of hearing. Toyota and all no. the other manufacturers, why the hell don't you come up with something that would be a visual yeah. indicator on something as important as brakes? I guarantee you. 25% uh, of the elderly population cannot hear the high-pitched noise. It's very, very high-frequency noise. Yeah, yeah. Well, but on the other hand, every time you come in for service, I'll guarantee the technicians are looking at those brakes to see if they need to be done. What if I don't come in for service and I'm in serious trouble, right? Well, but that means you shouldn't be driving your car because you'll be sitting home. <laughs> <laughs> people, people are afraid to bring their car into cargo ships because of the COVID. We love you, Rick. <laughs> My next question, uh, first question. Uh, I purchased the uh, Camry in 2016. Uh, it was a 2007 Camry. Uh, my uh, navigation system is really outdated because when I try to go to Alton uh, in Jupiter, uh, you know, 
Palm Beach Gardens, wherever it is, it, it, it does not have the uh, capability, it doesn't have that program in it. So uh, it, it's antiquated. So can I have that uh, upgraded? The navigation system. Um, it can be upgraded, but it's expensive usually because the the card that comes with that you have to change out. Toyota is very proud of those. I think they're running like $200, $150, $200 just to swap out that little memory card. Um, my best advice really is just use your cell phone with the Google Apps or uh, the Google Maps or the Apple Maps and run that right in through your uh, USB port and you'll have the nice loud sound tell you where you go, need to go on it. Uh, where is that V port? The USB port. It'll yeah. be kind of low in the center of your dash where you can plug your cell phone in and it will let oh, your music yeah, play through. Yeah. The voice will actually come through as well from your maps, but you'll have to use the cell phone screen for the maps. Oh, I understand. You got one of those holders you okay. stick in the console or the cup holder that'll hold your smartphone. Yep. And then you'll be able to look at the screen and not have to touch it. And just to be, it's better than the uh, navigation that Toyota gives you. The Google Maps is far superior to what Toyota offers, especially for the 2017. Okay, my next question is when is the 2021 uh, Camry coming out? The 2021? Uh, they're out yeah. now. The 2021 oh, Camry. Are out now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're still, it's, we're in that uh, kind of like that uh, middle phase where you still a lot of uh, 2020 models, and the 2021s are, are arriving as we speak. Okay, so what, what would be the added features or, you know, different features on the 21 compared to the 20? Um, the same exact thing. Yeah, it's not, there's not a redesign, so uh, for the most part, um, and I always um, put, a, I put a little asterisk when I say that there's, everything is the same, because occasionally there are some differences. We ran into something recently. Um, it, um, it had same body style. There was a, um, we had a customer who had at least, a, uh, I think it was a 2018 or 2017, came up for a lease, just wanted to reproduce the car, get the same version in the newer one. And we said, oh, it's exactly the same. Well, it turns out it didn't have the parking sensors on it. And uh, for some reason, they deci Toyota decided to make that available on a, on a different uh, trim level. And, uh, and that was shame on, shame on uh, me and my brother for not knowing that, but we don't get the intense training that the salespeople do. Um, but for the most part yes it's it's the same vehicle okay what are the parking sensors what, what do they do other oh, the ones when it uses little sonar um transmitters and receivers so when you get close to something it starts beeping um you know if you're parking your car you get too close to um a bush or a curb or a car next to you um it alerts you if you're getting too close howard once you get one you okay. won't want to own a car without it they're they're fantastic they're very helpful okay one other question uh I know one car manufacturer, I think Hyundai, uh, has a car now that if, uh, after a certain speed, if you're getting too close to a car, it pulls you away. Did you ever hear of that, uh, yeah. that sensor? Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, okay. A lot of manufacturers do. Um, that's the, uh, the laser uh, cruise control. Um, so when you're actually going at, um, you know, on highway speeds and you set it, it'll actually slow down. It detects the vehicle in front of you, and you can adjust the sensitivity of that. So let's say you want to have a, a good distance between you and the car in front of you, you can adjust that. 
And if the car slows down, your car will slow down um, commensurately. Well, I can't even pronounce that word, but your car will slow down, too. <laughs> okay, what about getting close to a vehicle, having the car, uh, the, uh, car being pushed away from the vehicle? And said, yeah. In other words, yeah. the car's going straight, and you're getting close, and then uh, a sensor says you're close and pulls you away. Is that available? It'll hit the yeah. brakes for you. It stops you. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> too, too often. Yeah. Well, every, time, also has... every time I pull into my garage, Nancy gets hysterical yeah. because uh, the car stops suddenly because I didn't. Earl puts on a blindfold and lets, lets the car do it for him. Yeah. The, um, there's a couple other things, too. That's like the emergency uh, braking. Um, so if you're coming up on a car, let's say you, were, um, you weren't paying attention, you look down, um, and you're about to hit the car in front of you, the car will apply the brakes. And there's something else called um, lane keep assist, which is uh, pretty cool, too. If you start to drift, it's a little unsettling the first time you experience it. If you drift into the other lane, the sensors know you're doing that, and the steering wheel will, will turn you back towards the uh, into your lane without your intervention. And uh, it's a little creepy at first because it feels like somebody grabbed your steering wheel, but uh, when you get used to it, it's, I think it's a, it's a great tool. I don't know if it saved my life, but it's definitely uh, saved me a couple a couple of those moments, <laughs> those oh boy moments. Yeah, that, answers my, that answers my question. Now, in the 2021 Camry, are all those features available? Yes. That's that's a good. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Howard. You call again. Appreciate your calls. Yes, we appreciate the call, Howard. Uh, ladies, just in case you didn't hear me earlier, fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. We'd love to hear from you. Each. Give us a call and say hello. <laughs> each, they each get one. <laughs> you don't have to split it, give 50, us, 50 bucks yeah. each. And yeah, there you go. Uh, give us a hi, or you can share some information with us. Uh, we're always ready to get new information. $50, first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960. Now back to Stu. Yeah, we had a question about um, uh, dealership demo cars or demonstrators. Um, the question was, just to recap, um, how do car dealers get these cars? Are they, do, are they given to them by the manufacturer? Do they get them at a discount? Um, and there's all kinds of demo cars, and um, Earl or I could cover that. Uh, I'll just jump in. Uh, you give us the specifics, I'll give a generality. Okay. Uh, car dealers advertise demo cars to get you in the door and sell them to you. Uh, a demo car may not be a demo car. A demo car is because the car dealer say, says it's a demo car. If they take a new car and they let uh, a customer drive it around the block, they can call it a demo car. Uh, <clears throat> there aren't very many programs that the manufacturers have. Some do, most don't. Uh, and uh, typically, the demos sell for a price equal to what the new car sells for. The car dealers make you think you're getting a discount when you don't. So that's the generality. Stu can give you the specifics. Yeah, m well, most of the demos uh, that dealerships have are just are cars that they have on their lot. They're, it's a new car that they let a uh, manager or a salesperson or an executive drive. And, um, and yeah, you should get a, um, a, d a discount on that. If they're doing it properly, they're lowering the price. We call it depreciation um, and sell it to it as a discount. Um, you... Uh, the the warranty um, is accounted for, so you're not responsible for the miles. Say you bought it, it had 2,000 miles on it. But um, you should definitely look at it as a used car because that's exactly what it is. Um, another well, kind of demo. Let me, let me interrupt there. It's, it's legally, it's not a used car. Right. And uh, 
five years from now, nobody knows that it was a demo because it doesn't appear on the title. Right. And so that, that's one thing. It's, uh, a used car is definitely worse than a demo. Um, the other thing I was going to say is uh, uh, in Florida, if a car has been driven by somebody else, a third party, there's a form that you're supposed to be disclosed. Most dealers don't do that. And uh, you get a car, and it could be a demo, and they don't tell you mm -hmm. it's a demo. Um, what I would do if I wanted to buy a demo from a customer, uh, dealer that was advertising demos, I would find the exact same new car, and I would get the best price I could on the new car. And then I would say, okay, I changed my mind. I don't want the new car. I want the one with 3,000 miles on it as a demo, and you got a sale on demos. How much less expensive will this exact same demo be than the new car? Mm -hmm. And if it's a couple thousand dollars less, then buy it. It's a good deal. Yeah. Another kind of demo actually does come from the manufacturer. They call those brass hats, and those are like, uh, for example, and I don't, uh, Toyota doesn't do this, uh, but I think General Motors did, um, Ford maybe, um, where executives, um, you know, for Ford, the, the Motor Corporation, and for GM, um, those would be sold to the dealers at a discount. Um, and they're, they call those brass hats, don't know the origin of the term. Yeah, I don't think they do it anymore, yeah. but yeah, you're right, they used to do a lot of that. Yeah, and you'd see a lot of that up in, up in Michigan and Ohio, where, the, you know, where the, these companies were located, where the, where the executives live, and they did find their way around the country into the car market, but um, I imagine those are treated the same way. But no matter what, just like Earl said, I go, you, you gotta look at it as a used car, and um, if you're buying a, a current model car, even if it's a 2021 and it has 3,000 miles on it, uh, that the value has gone down and, and your price should should reflect that okay uh, we are going to go to a first-time caller and that's Joyce who's calling us from West Palm Beach good morning Joyce good morning how are you great welcome to the show thank you yeah this is actually my first time listening too great uh, so my question is my husband has been bothering me about a truck a new truck so we're undecided with Ford or a Ram. Uh, what do you guys think is a better truck? For the a diesel. Between a Ford and the Ram? Uh, Dodge Ram, yeah. Well, as loath as I might be to say it, because I, I have a hard time <laughs> when I have to work on Fords, I would go with the Ford. I think it's a more sturdy truck. I think Ford just simply has the history and reputation with their vehicles. Ram and Dodge, unfortunately, their trucks have gone down quality-wise a bit, I think. And my only real beef with Ford, it seems like if I want to take a part off, I've got to have 17 wrenches because you got 17 different size bolts holding one part on. Yeah. But other than that, I, I honestly, I would look at the Fords. Joyce, what's your uh, what's your dad going to use the truck for? Is it commercial? Can I, can, I, I, I wanted to say I know Earl's going to say. Yeah. Let me let me jump uh, in. Oh, oh, it's actually my husband. He wants to. He's not going to use it that often. It's like a weekend truck. Oh. Uh, uh, maybe to pull a camper once we get a camper again. Joyce, uh, uh, we always recommend Consumer Reports, and I just picked pick, uh, uh, Consumer Reports up. And pickup trucks, uh, the highest ranked uh, pickup truck is Ram. the Honda Ridgeline. Number two is the uh, Ram, Ram Classic. Number three is the Ford Ranger. Number four is the Toyota Tundra. 
and, and number five is a Nissan. So uh, go to Consumer Reports online and uh, use that information for you and your husband to pick out your next truck. Uh, everybody's got an opinion about trucks, but Consumer Reports is the true authority. Yeah, that's the way to go, Joyce. Okay, great. Thank you guys so much. Okay. Stay on the line, and uh, Michael will take care of your information. Uh, speaking of Consumer Report, I want to tell you what, there's just so much information uh, they can get from Consumer Report, and you know that Earl and I talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, you can uh, preview the Ford Bronco in the uh, October uh, edition, and then the uh, Best and Worst Infotainment infotainment and uh, that's pretty interesting about all those uh, symptoms and uh, the uh, technology on uh, gas uh, the gas saving that they did a study on and uh, consumer report came up with some great information and uh, if you want to save some money uh, best used cars under ten thousand dollars yes best used cars under ten thousand dollars so consumer.com get yourself a lot of information give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 don't forget your anonymous feedback would love to hear from you now back to Stu. okay uh we got a text from steve in new jersey he's a longtime uh texter and listener and uh, sometimes caller uh, it says, good morning, Earl. I'm considering applying a clear plastic 3M film to my headlights to protect them from scratching due to road debris. Uh, do you know if clear film helps retard lens clouding, uh, which can happen as the vehicle ages? I'll defer to Rick on that. As a matter of fact, uh, my pickup, I am in the middle of testing that right. over long term. I did a restore cleanup on both my headlights, left one of them just simply left it alone and put a 3m clear plastic onto yeah. the other side right so i'm comparing left to right so it's cool. you know as, as scientific as i can get it and so far right now the one with the 3m piece on it armadillo. Is, is the best one we have an armadillo alarm nobody panic <laughs> <laughs> I can explain. Earl has a ring cam. He has a pesky armadillo that's bothering him and Nancy, and he set up an alarm, and the alarm just went off. So this is real live radio. He's taking care of it. He's probably pulling the armadillo up on a security camera right now. I got to call Bush Wildlife. <laughs> yeah, we got to humanely relocate that okay. poor armadillo. You know okay, how many times they've been to our house. <laughs> yeah. I triggered the automatic armadillo trap, so we now have our third armadillo. Let's go. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one just caught me totally off guard. Yeah. Where were we? I was, uh, Back to business. Uh, we lead an interesting <clears throat> life. Um, I was, I think.